Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now, I don't know uh, what our words really are. It's okay, we'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. All right, episode 32. That's my age. That it is. It's a great number. Not bad if I do say so myself. I'll be joining you not so shortly. <laughs> wow. My, well, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not even at my half birthday yet. Oh, yes, because the listeners will know because we will be asking for impasse payments yep. to you. Yep. Well, and you as well when your time comes. So I think mine already passed. No, oh, of course it did because your birthday is June. Yes. Gemini's. We're the best. Mm, okay. Wow. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. We don't have to. Mercury's retrograde right now, so we don't have to have this conversation. We you can, know what conversation we should have, though? We can put a pause in it and move on. <laughs> um, what's been going on with you since the last time we recorded? Well, what can I say that hasn't already been said? And I know I always say that without having said anything, <laughs> but it's a good filler for time, as it I is. think. It is. It's a great filler. So, life is pretty good. I've had a nice... A few weekend trips um, within Kenya, which have been really nice, reminding me of why I need to get out of Nairobi more regularly. Yeah, life is pretty simple. Like, kind of in a negative way, but in a positive <laughs> way. <laughs> no, and I say that not because, like, life is falling apart, but... So, Namuz already knows this, but I can also share with the listeners. But I have two kind of MOs for the first few months of this year. So, the first MO is that I told myself for the first month I was in Nairobi, I would only go to new places. Because after four plus years in Nairobi, it was starting to feel a little stale. And that's my fault, because I'm the one that's going to all the same places. So I said, okay, Addy, next time, you, like if you ever go to a coffee shop or a restaurant, if it's ever a plan that you are initiating, you have to pick a place that you haven't been to before. Um, and that's actually been really lovely. So I've, seen, I've been to some places recently that I haven't been to in actually in four years, like since 2015 when I was out in these streets a little bit more than I am now. And all in all, it's kind of helped me rediscover Nairobi and made it feel new again, which is really good. And then the second thing, which has made freed up a whole bunch of time, <laughs> is that, which is also something that Namusa knows and I will share with the listeners, is that I also told myself for the first three months of this year, I would not instigate any social activity, which means that I'm not going to organize a dinner, I'm not going to organize a coffee, any one-on-one chats, etc. And my motivation behind that was that at the end of last year, I felt really tired. And a part of that um, lack of energy was coming from the fact that I gave 100% or nearly 100% to nearly 100 people. Mm -hmm. And I realized at the end of last year that that's not sustainable. The math doesn't work. Math doesn't work. And I'm tired. And it's like, I'm giving y'all blessings. I'm introducing you to people you're in relationships with now. You're getting new jobs. I'm like, I need my own blessings now. I got to focus on me. (laughs) Like, help myself out. Amen. (laughs) So... And the thing is, I also, you know, I take friendship pretty seriously and I know I come off as nonchalant, which is because I am, but (laughs) I do take my friendships very seriously. Um, And I also like, for the longest time, I've always said, you know, I can't call you a friend if I've never had a one-on-one with you. So I spent a lot of time last year following up with people, scheduling one-on-one time, et cetera, which is great. I needed that last year. I think the other people needed that last year in different ways. And so it's all well and good, and I don't have any regrets about the time that I have spent previously, but I knew that coming into 2019, I needed to switch things up because I was just tired. So I told myself for the first three months, you're not instigating anything. Because I was also curious, how many of my friendships would be maintained if I just stopped? Mm. 
Like if I stopped trying, what would happen? Like how many friendships would be maintained, continue business as usual? How many would be maybe somewhat maintained and how many would just kind of fall off the face of the earth, you know, or just like kind of stall? And, and midterm I, results? A lot fell off the face of the earth, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I know there's different seasons, different people's yeah. lives. So like there are certain seasons where people had to chase me, you know? Yeah. And there are other seasons where I was more available. So it's not that I hold anything against anyone, but for me, it was just kind of a nice audit. It's like, okay, mm. these are the people that think of me. And so the, what I've told myself is for the first three months of, of 2019, I'm going to say yes to the people who say yes to me. And that's not to say that people who haven't reached out are saying no. It's just that I want to be, I want it, I want it to be a more equal endeavor in terms of how many, like which parties are putting in the effort yeah. to make things happen. Yeah. And not necessarily, well, it can be about people, but were there any, were there any like surprise lessons or moments? So the surprise lesson is that when, as a result, I don't have nearly as much to do. Mm. Like last year I was scheduled, overscheduled, yeah. you know, like running from thing to thing, which is fine. You know, again, I needed that last year. Last year was a tough year. I think I relied on those activities and those people and those moments to like get through 2018. But for 2019, that wasn't going to necessarily work. And what I've learned is that I now have so much free time and a lot of that free time is going to work, mm. which I didn't expect because I would never consider myself to be a workaholic. I mean, I take my work seriously. I want it. I want a professional product. I want, I am a bit of a perfectionist, but I would have never guessed that like I'd be working till nine, 10 midnight every and, day and out of your own volition, out of my own volition, out of my own volition. But also like we recently lost my associate. So like I do have to do a little bit more work than the average just due to this kind of time frame that we're in right now. And I know that will end at some point. So I'm not particularly nervous about that, but when you say lost just to clarify, oh, sorry, no, she's not a dead. very difficult. Time. Yeah, yeah, no, she's not dead. Sorry. She's alive. All well and good. <laughs> But we are no, she's no longer working at yeah. our company. So that means I have to do a little bit, I have to do a little bit of her work and yeah. my work, which means I have more to do. And now that I have all the time in the world, um, I shouldn't say all the time in the world, but now that I have more time on my hands, that's kind of what's getting filled up by. Um, and another revelation I think is that as a result, and A, I don't necessarily like that. I don't like mm. that I've chosen that to be the, the filler. Um, but I think also what it allowed me to realize is that sometimes I actually feel lonely in Nairobi. Mm. And because I was always running around seeing people, I never gave myself the chance to feel that. Yep. Um, and so now that I'm not running around dinner, every night is a dinner, or there's a coffee or there's a lunch or there's a this or a barbecue or whatever it is. I think I have a lot of still moments where mm -hmm. I can just sit and think. Um, and truly be alone and actually be alone alone. So that's been good in a way because I didn't realize how much of my time I didn't have last year until this year where I look at my, my credit card statement and I'm like, I'm actually, after I get reimbursed from work for my work expenses, mm -hmm. I'm in the green on so my credit card. That's bill. a good place to be. And I'm like, what? Like how, <laughs> you know? And that's because I'm not out all the time. Yep. Um, so there's also financial benefits. So to there this. is a financial benefit to this. It's like, woo, okay, that's pretty good, good to know. Um, so yeah, the first few months of the year have been good in that sense of like having that revelation. And, and sorry, I should, let me go back and finish the rest of that thought because I realized I didn't complete it. Um, but I think as a result of feeling lonely, like actually thinking about a relationship for the first time in a really long time, because it's like work should not be the thing filling up my time. I should be watching TV or reading 
or like being with someone who cares about me the same way that I care about them. And like, when you say relationship to clarify romantic. Yes, because I've got enough friends. Sorry, y'all. Facts are facts. Yeah, I mean like, and it's not the same. Your She's hug, accepting relationship applications am, in this season, uh, not friendship applications. Yeah, no, it's not to say no new friends. It's actually, I'm actually team new friends <laughs> yeah. because I'm trying to, going back to the first goal, I am trying to do new things and do new routines and, you know, yeah. do things that I don't normally do. So I'm actually taking new friend applications. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that was also a really interesting revelation too. And I don't think I would have known that, that I was ready for a relationship if I wasn't, if I didn't have the time to think about it or didn't have the time to feel lonely. Yeah. And I, you know, if I didn't overschedule, if I overscheduled myself like I did last year, I don't think I would know that. So that's been really interesting. Um, but yeah, I've saved money. I've, I've actually done well at work as a result of putting more into it, so that's good too. But as a result of actually, and then the last thing, because we need to move on to you because I've talked entirely too long, is that I, like, I didn't go grocery shopping for like two months. And I've never- <laughs> and you survived. Been able to do that. Like, I ordered Jumia food once in December. So Jumia is like delivery food. Delivery mm-hmm. food. And I ordered that once, like right before my flight, because I didn't want to do grocery shopping because I was about to leave. And my credit card actually declined the charge because they're like, "What are you? Who is this?" Because <laughs> I usually cook like, for myself. Not part of like yeah, this is user not, history. Exactly. Like you know, <laughs> cut to January and February and March. I did not go grocery shopping. How are you surviving? For a two-month span. What calories were you consuming? Work uh, calories. Uh, work yeah work meetings or work dinners or work lunches and then ordering in okay which i never did at that volume before and so i think my credit card's like well okay i guess she's uh <laughs> she's having a time she's it's a ha- season yeah it's a season it's okay <laughs> thanks uh whoever's whatever nsa agent is monitoring that i appreciate your thoughts but um <laughs> yeah so that's that was another thing that I didn't like. It's like, you're not taking care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself. Like, yeah, it's all well and good to like be productive at work and be superwoman and da 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 da, but you need to do your groceries. Yeah. And I also didn't do the things that I love. Like, I love taking walks. I didn't take a walk for two months. So. Even though you, even though you had more time. Well, technically all my free, like the free time is at night, right? It's not gotcha. like. Okay. So it's not, and then I'm not, unfortunately, as we've all discussed before, Nairobi is not a place where you necessarily feel comfortable walking at night. Yeah. Sometimes you can, although I'm seeing a lot more. Mzungu's getting real bold. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe time for a change. I don't know. But I second that. You know when you're like, are you run, run at this at this time? It's like, did you just get here? You must have just gotten here. Have you told anybody? No like, one's told you, you have you are. But to be fair, I do think sometimes we put ourselves in boxes. And for we, sure. And we put ourselves and in fences a, and gated communities. In a set of rules so that, you know, we were told when we moved here and we've just kind of gone with them and then other folks. Times have also changed in Nairobi. That's true. It's not, I mean, yes, there's still, you know, some issues with security, but. I, I generally feel a lot safer in Nairobi. I do too, over the last four years, yeah. which is good because I feel like Kenyans should be safe in yeah. their biggest city. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyway, that's that's me. It's been a really interesting few months. Over to you, Boo. Uh, so the question is, oh, how are you? What's up? What's happening? Let's girl, <laughs> I feel like every every time Stop you ask this. me this question, I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the best way to describe this is like, I am living life at 110. Uh-huh. Um, and the best way that I can describe that is describing the emotions that I've experienced. Sure. Um, so I am oscillating 
And by oscillating, I mean being like flung from oh, dear. Okay. very intense emotions to very intense emotions. Yeah. Some of those are wonderful emotions and yep. some of those are really difficult emotions. Um, and that's primarily because of what's happened in my life in Q1 of spoken like a true management consultant. I was going to say, wow, Q- 2019. I, I, know I know you're like this, but it's, I am fun. like this. it's still funny though. That's how I organize my three month, my oh, life in I three get months. You. But we're almost at the end of, I don't know where 2019 is rushing to, but it clearly has January somewhere. was forever. And now you're like, no, it's not, it's not true. Oh yeah. Okay. My January's definitely January, been, yeah. for me, January, everything has been quick. I don't know where 2019 has to get to, but clearly it's in a rush. Anyhow. Yes. So yeah. So I, I feel like there's been a lot of sadness in my, I'll start with that as an emotion. Um, we talked, actually, I don't know if we talked in the last episode because I don't remember now, but uh, the Riverside attacks happened. We I did think talk we, about yeah, it. we yeah. brought it up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, losing friends is a difficult situation to be in. Um, this is also on the backdrop that my dad is not well. He's in the hospital, which has been. Um, a very stressful time for our family. Mm. Um, I also think, well, you know this, and I think the listeners know that our family's really, really tight-knit. And so that's been really hard. And um, his prognosis looks good, uh, but he now he's been in the hospital for over a month. Mm. And that's a long time to be in the hospital. And he's had multiple surgeries. um, And yeah, it's just really hard. Um, and it's a specific brand of when you were saying like, you feel lonely, Mm. I have felt levels of loneliness that I have not felt in a long time. Um, but not generally life lonely, a very specific, like family lonely. Mm. Um, and this I think has been one of the first times that's really challenged my sense of like, I guess this is a trade off of living far away from people. Yeah. Like your immediate people that you love. Because I obviously have like people who are the equivalent of family here um, and in South Africa and in Zimbabwe um, and all over really. Um, But like my immediate, so like my mom, my dad, my sister and her husband, Mm. um, it's been a really, really tough go. Having said that, I've also really been pushed though around where I'm finding gratitude. Um, so mm-hmm. I am very, very, very grateful for um, Canadian healthcare, which is where. Amen. My. I say that thing. as an American citizen, but amen nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, and I'm just good for like. I'm very grateful for like quality healthcare, um, because that's not something most of the world has to rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing I'm really grateful for, connected to that, is um, my family. Like my. I've always, I recognize just how fortunate I am for us to be as close as we are. Um, But also when that things are difficult, that my family's been like wonderful communicators. They've also been like super supportive in terms of recognizing like me being really far away, like what my needs are. Um, And I just, I'm, I don't know if I've ever been more grateful for them than I have been in Mm. this season. Um, And I'm generally grateful for them, but like in (laughs) a very different way. Goes without saying. Um, so that has been hard, but um, it's life. It's also having aging parents. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. It's also again, like I feel like me and the Lord are having many conversations <laughs> continuously. Um, and then, yeah, the the third the sad thing, which I know that you and I will talk about um, slightly later on, but uh, the um, Ethiopian. 
Airlines Flight 302 that um, went down recently. Um, so yeah, that was yesterday for us, but when this airs, that'll be some time back. Um, but that's that really threw me for um, a loop, and we'll talk about more about that why uh, later. But so I've been experiencing a lot of sadness yeah. and trying to sit in that sadness and not trying to like out work it out, exercise it out, party it out, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, because I there's a lot of sad things happening in my life yeah. right now, and I recognize that those will pass, um, but those won't pass if I don't deal with them in yeah. a healthy way. Um, so that's one of the other, yeah, that's kind of, so sadness has been an emotion. Yeah. Um, but I've also had like incredible moments of joy. Um, so I landed two very big contracts with um, different well-known global money <laughs> money global organizations money. um and it, it's also nice to be like professionally validated yeah, in that way as well um and also like from my cv's perspective and profile both of those um that have come through i'm very proud of um and i'm also really excited for the nature of the work so yeah i've had like really beautiful moments of joy and laughter and celebration um, I've also had moments of anger, of like rage, um, which for me have actually been connected to sadness. So anger for me is often connected to sadness or disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was a, a situation or uh, someone in my life that I was really upset didn't show up for me and my family mm. in the ways that I expected them to. Yeah. Um, especially, I think when you bring people into your inner circle, it, it's it's heartbreaking when people don't show up um, when things are really difficult. So that has led to anger, but that anger has since dissipated, moved to sadness, and now kind of moving to a place of like, mm. this is what it is. Yeah. And some and also recognizing sometimes people just don't have the capacity. Yep. It's not that people are meanies or people want to like hurt you. They just don't have the capacity. Um, and how you kind of work through that stuff. Um, I hear that. Yeah. And then I would say my, like, last major emotion. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? No, I just like the way you phrase that. Yeah. Well, no, it's because it's like there's so much happening. I said joy, but there was another kind of, like, like just discovery. I don't know if that's an emotion, but I was traveling. I Kind of the first quarter of this year, I've been on three different trips. Um, twice to Lamu and one to Watamu. Um, and I both times discovered new places within existing places that I had already been. Nice. And I think that actually like connects to what you were saying about like being in the same city, but trying new places. Um, and I, yeah, I was just with wonderful people. We were celebrating different things. And so uh, there was a lot of hard things and sadness happening, mm. but interspersed with these moments of like sheer bliss and joy yeah. and fun and laughter and community. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, this reminds me, what you're saying reminds me of something I said at the end of, at the 2018 recap episode, which is that adulthood really is a never-ending repeating series of highs and lows. And I feel like in the last two months, because of what we're about to get into, like this airline crash and Riverside Doucet happening within two months of each other is like, it's a tap dancing on my nerves in a way... (laughs) 
That, <laughs> that I... is the best way to phrase it. <laughs> like, exa- I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortably, like, that's so uncomfortably true for you me. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like adulthood is getting more and more dangerous. And I don't know if that's the takeaway I'm supposed to get, but somebody sent me a text message today and they said, every time something happens in the news, it's getting closer and closer to me. Oh, yeah. And I understand what they're saying. And yeah, it's just, oof, yeah, there's something about it where it's just like, come on, really? Like, That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Uh, well, should we just get into it then? Well, I have a big announcement before we get oh, into sure, it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Go for it. So living in this place where I'm like constantly at 100% or 110% of feeling every possible emotion <laughs> is exhausting. Yes. It makes me feel alive, but it's exhausting and it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Actually, for did you know that there's more more than forty days in Lent? Sorry, what? There's more than forty days in Lent. What do you mean? If you count the days from when uh, Fat Tuesday happens uh-huh. through to Easter, Easter. Uh-huh. there's more than forty days. Well, I'm Ethiopian, so we're always over. <laughs> You're always fasting and Lenten. I was like, I mean, it's all it's like fifty five for us. So, okay, yes, yes. tell me about your forty two days. <laughs> no, my forty days. So I so as of today, I have started. I've um, given up alcohol for Lent. All right. And not only have I given up. Are you going to take up drugs instead? No, I'm not, girl. I'm just that's joking. not my ministry. You know. <laughs> um, but what I am taking up is so not only I think it's important when you remove something mm. to also add something, right? So it's yes, more yes, about the yes. adding and less about the removal. For sure. And so I've just yeah, I've decided to not drink for 40 days and everybody can hold me accountable, but I'll hold myself accountable. So if we see you at the club, just smack it out of your hand. No, no, just know that I'm drinking sparkling water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I also you probably won't be seeing me in these clubs that often anymore because That's fair. People get really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. No, I know. Um, but what I am adding is I'm focusing the next 40 days on self-care good on you um yeah so that is everything from being consistent about exercise which i have been and i feel really good in my body um but i'd like to continue to do that that's also drinking enough water that's getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. that's meditating every morning Mm -hmm. it's conversations with god and that's reading more for fun oh which i have not done i know in a while but it makes my heart so happy i know yeah i miss that too and time with people that i care about yeah so that is what I am taking up Good. in the next 40 days um, and what I'm giving up for Lent. So I'll report back when it's done. Okay. Congratulations. Well done. Good luck to all, of, day one. all the listeners out there who are going to be giving up things. Yeah. We're, we're here with you Or taking on things. Or taking on. I was having a discussion with friends. I was like, it's more important. Like, don't. For, okay. So for example, Ethiopian Orthodox folks, as maybe people are aware, you give up meat and dairy. Yeah. Fish is okay, depending on like which schism, which side of the schism you're on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never heard anybody. I thought you were saying like schism, as in like terms of a, like a fish meat product. And I was no, like, no, no, I've no. never like, heard this. You, schism, like the great schism of what 1024, which is like the big break in the church. Oh, this is like a historical All thing. Right. I've I, never heard the word. Don't ask me too many details. Okay. I just remember the <laughs> phrase. Okay, it just knows that it was a big point where the church split, and so. I'm I'm in jest. I'm in jest. Effectively saying there are some Ethiopian Orthodox who will eat fish. Yeah, and there are others who don't. Yep. I'm team fish okay. because protein. Yeah, and also apparently it's a relatively recent rule in the last twenty years that the Archbishop said no, you're not supposed to eat fish during Lent. Oh. And so I was like, let me ask my mama because there was nobody who loves my who loves <laughs> Jesus more than my mom. And so, and so, and an Ethiopian Orthodox Jesus, right? Exactly. Yes. And so I asked her, I was like, Mom, you know, are you when you fast? Because she has fasted for Lent my entire life 
um, do you eat fish? And she said, yes, you know. And I have other friends who are less polite. did she quote a reference? No, but I have friends who are less polite than she is. And they're like, we've been eating fish for 3,000 years. All of a sudden, we can't eat fish? <laughs> she did not say that. Uh, but she says, no, but I feel like, well, if it's good enough for you, mom, it's good enough for me. Excellent. So I, I do eat fish for when it is fasting. And it can be any kind of fish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just no meat. Although I was about to eat honey, and then my roommate said, but shouldn't you not be eating that? That's an animal product. I'm like, the, the bee was doing that anyway. This is not like yeah, doing us a favor. But that's like testy vegans from Brooklyn. That's not a real thing. Well, he's also not a testy vegan from Brooklyn, okay. to be fair. But he was just like, but it's not an animal product. I'm like, listen, it's not like we, it went out of its way to make the honey. Although apparently we're exploiting them and killing them. Oh my God. And then the world's Okay, I know that, life. but that's a different thing. I'm not talking <laughs> so about- So you're having the honey is what you're I'm saying. eating honey, people. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> just not the honey tedge. Yeah, no, no tedge. I, I haven't decided whether or not I'm giving up alcohol. Technically you should. Uh, but I don't drink enough anyway, so to be, yeah. to be like where that's an issue for me. So I, I don't know. I, I haven't really decided. So far, I haven't had alcohol. I'm not really, I don't know. What was I? I was going somewhere with this. Oh, yes. I was telling my friend that it's about what you add because there's no point in you giving a meat and dairy and then you're a complete asshole to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's not nice. That's not, that's not this, what Jesus asked for. That's like. <laughs> not how this works. Like, if in that case, just eat whatever you want yeah. and just be a better person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not about what you're taking away. Like, you you know, it's a complete thing. Anyhow. So, yes, good luck to anybody who may be fasting out there. Okay, girl, kick it off. Well, I don't know if this is just my personality that my <laughs> writing has to be slightly <laughs> negative. But maybe this is growth, actually, because it's turning a negative into a positive. Uh, Should I do the still rising first and then do you want to end with the rising or do you want to do it this way? No, 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 I don't. Okay. I, I, I think it's fine either way. So, but yes, I am going to talk about the recent um, Ethiopian Airlines cra crash that happened just outside Addis, which is heartbreaking and it's saddening for many of us who fly that route Often. countless times and have transited through Addis countless times. And then, of course, me being Ethiopian American or American Ethiopian, depending on my mood, an extra sense of loss yeah. and, and sadness because it's our national carrier and it's a pride of our country and aviation means a lot to us it's a sector we've invested in for over 70 years and including that bus from terminal one to two girl two to one actually but two to one sorry but <laughs> um so it's really so yes it was incredibly sad for a lot of different reasons for the reasons you'll get into so i won't get into that but what i was happy about was how many people in the social media sphere came to Ethiopian Airlines' defense. Mm. And that's not necessarily something I would have expected. Mm -hmm. uh, but as folks may be aware, um, there potentially may be an issue with the type of aircraft that was used on that flight, which is the Boeing 737 MAX 8. It's a new model, um, an upgrade from the original 737, which I believe is Boeing's most popular mm -hmm. aircraft. And... Um, Airbus released another, I believe, A380. Mm -hmm. And so this was kind of the response yeah. to that to that development on Airbus's side. Airbus is a French company. Boeing is an American company. Um, and so there were a few ignorant comments about, oh, but this is an African airline. That's to be expected, et cetera, et cetera. 
And the Lord was on their side because Mercury, I, I tweeted about this. I'm like, y'all are so lucky that Mercury is retrograde right now because I'm not trying to fight with strangers. But please believe if Mercury <laughs> yeah, yeah. was going in the direction it should, I would cuss all of you out. <laughs> but With receipts. With, yes. And of course, because it's Lenten season, I would do it somewhat politely <laughs> with the spirit of Jesus <laughs> as I cuss you out. Um, and so what was really, what I was really proud of was how many people from around the world effectively said, we have flown Ethiopian. It's great, sir. It's great. This it's great that, you know, this is not a pilot error. This is not, you know, your second rate airline. You know, we fly with them each time. Richard Quest defended Ethiopian Airlines, who's a huge um, or well-known CNN anchor. He also said some problematic stuff, but I'll get into that after. He did? Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, I must, I must have missed that part. And there's also, oh, God, his name is Alex, and I'm forgetting his last name in this moment. I'm so sorry, but I will post it in the description. Um, but also was being interviewed by some British news, you know, channel, and she said, okay, but, you know, they have, like, pretty, they have a poor safety record. And he repeatedly said, no, they don't. They've only had one other crash, which was a hijacking. And she, uh, oh no, they've only had one other crash. And then she said, no, 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 but it's, it's unsafe. They've had that hijacking. And then he said, no, it's just one hijacking. That doesn't mean they have a poor safety record. And I was just, I'm like, I'm glad other people with, other, with louder yeah. voices are doing the Lord's work. Um, and you can just clap in the background. Yes, because I've, I have ranted on Ethiopian Airlines before. I don't know what episode number that is. There's but, receipts. But I, I get it. Yes. Is the food so great? Maybe not. Is the customer service so great? Maybe not. Do you have to wait forever to get the voucher to go to your hotel? Yes, you do. Is, <laughs> like, do you get 15 emails reminding yes. you that your flight is happening in the next 24 hours? Definitely. Possibly. Uh, you know, is there a, a, is there a bus from Terminal 2 to Terminal 1? Yes, there is. Now there is. But for a long time, there wasn't. And you had to walk, whether it was in the morning or at night by yourself with a suitcase, being a young woman. Not that I'm bitter. But yes, that happened. The, did the airport for a long time look like a boutique IDP camp? <laughs> Stop. Yes, I it did. Just being facts. Like, yes, there were no proper bathrooms. Oh. We were in porta potties for a, for oh a good God, chunk of time. Oh my God, I remember this. And now there are proper bathrooms because I flew through Addis not yeah. too long ago, a few weeks ago. Um, and there are now actual bathrooms like attached to the ground. Yeah, and yeah. that's fantastic. So yes, you can say all of those things yeah. about Ethiopian, and I will have. And that you would be the first person. And to say I these would things. be the first person because I've had this rant before about how Ethiopian Airlines and all associated staff, whether it's immigration or customs, are all ambassadors for their country, and da 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 da. da. So trust me, I get it. But what you cannot say is that Ethiopian Airlines is a faulty airlines, is a quote unquote you. third world airlines, is a is a stereotypical African airline, which is some what some people have said. Or how could it be, a poor, of course something like this would happen. Or that they have a poor safety record or that they don't take safety seriously. I mean, aviation is something we take incredibly seriously. It is something we're incredibly proud of. The fact that you can get from Addis to Bangkok to Buenos Aires to Barcelona to pretty much anywhere you could possibly think of. And it was intentional. And like, it was that was part yeah, of the like, plan exactly. for the country. Yeah. And you know, it's a it's a government owned enterprise. Yeah. The the prime minister was the first person to say something happened. Mm -hmm. He he gave condolences before any before Ethiopian Airways even put exactly. out exactly. Yeah. Which I know some people are like, uh, was what? he hacked? Um, no, he was not, unfortunately. So you can say a lot of things about Ethiopian Airlines, but what you can't say is that it doesn't take safety seriously or that it is a poor, it has a poor safety record. That's the only thing I take issue with. And trust me, I've been here, I've ranted, I get it. But you can't say that. And so I'm really, really happy that because Ethiopian has taken so many people from around the world to various destinations, mm -hmm. it has been able, that reputation, yes, despite some of the other issues, has been able to, to to create 
folks that are in solidarity mm -hmm. and basically do the fighting for people like me who don't have the energy to do it mm -hmm. or are trying to mm -hmm. not cuss people out during Mercury retrograde. So that's, that is the takeaway, is that 73 plus years of a record um, has been able to, in, in some cases, maybe not, because there are, you know, I get it, you can't fix everyone's mind or change everyone's mind, but where it counts, it has created advocates where I think we would need it, because it, it could easily, this could have easily been a thing where Ethiopian Airlines is dragged through the mud mm -hmm. and people say, we're not flying with you anymore, da 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 And now, oddly enough, people are looking at Boeing like, uh, skirt, skirt. Mm -hmm. Because of this recent Lion Air flight um, that crashed similarly just after, minutes after takeoff out of, outside of Jakarta back in October. So that's one new aircraft, the Boeing 737 8 MAX, um, and October and March, which is really unprecedented for a new mm -hmm. aircraft, according to aviation experts. So it is a negative, but the positive is, yeah, we've got some fans, thankfully. And fans with facts, which I appreciate. Yeah. So people were coming through with facts. So it wasn't just yeah. like, no, they're a good airline. It's like, no, no, no. Like, let's look at like yeah. what the data shows. Mm -hmm. These are the amount of accidents. And you can't just make like wild, unruly claims yeah. and then expect for people not to be like, um, excuse me? And I really think that anchor that was in the video that I'm thinking about, the, the woman I think who, we're was, yeah. who was in... Uh, the UK network, mm -hmm. T-something, I can't remember. I really think she thought she could say that because like, oh, of course, like all of them have issues. Yeah. So this would, I don't have to research this. I can just make this assumption and it will fly. Because she sounded surprised that he was not agreeing yeah. with her. And she was like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's me though. Yeah. So that's rising. Yes. Well, what's your still rising, pray tell? <laughs> I hate a still rising, but I also know what's important for collective memory. Um, no, it is though, right? Like, no, I'm, not, I'm laughing because it's true. Um, so, yeah. So, so my still rising is um, in relation to the Ethiopian Airlines accident um, that happened that Addie's just talked about in terms of people coming to the defense of Ethiopian Airlines, which I like wholeheartedly agree with. The first thing I want to say is just my, and I'm going to say our, sincere condolences to family and friends and loved ones um, of the deceased. Um, so out of all, it was 157, is that right, Addie? In the last numbers uh, that you saw? I believe it was 149 and then eight crew. Nine crew. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. That's what um, I So, yeah, so everybody, because right now is must be a very, very difficult time for a lot of people. Right now is a difficult time for us, so I can only imagine people who are di more directly affected. Um, so our condolences and our thoughts and our prayers are with you. Um, and I think connected to that, I when these big incidents that have happened, and this is the second one that hits really close to home for both Addie and myself, um, being, so that flight was on its way from Addis to Nairobi. Um, so there's a huge number of Ethiopians, Kenyans, and then also Canadians um, because of the UN Environmental Assembly that um, is happening this week, um, in addition to many other nationalities. Um, there were people of kind of every... Girl, everywhere. Every walk of life, every country. Yemen, there was, Saudi, there was Slovakia. ages, like in terms of there was children, there was people who were quite old and everybody in between. Um, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking. 
Um, and when I woke up yesterday, I had, yeah, I'm, I would be being disingenuine or non honest if I said that I'm not a little bit nervous to fly. Actually, I'm a lot nervous to fly, mm. but I'm going to go and get support and deal with that, like professional support, because yeah. flying is a huge integral part to my job and I have flown for my whole life. And, uh, it's connected to an incident that happened before this incident mm. that I was physically in. Um, but I just, I don't want for myself and I don't want for other people to feel scared. And so all of this connects into what the rising is. And this is around accountability. Um, and in the defense of the Ethiopian government and the transportation authority, um, they came out and said, we don't have enough information yet to make a decision, which I think is actually the, or we don't have enough information to say exactly what happened. Um, I know they found the black boxes, um, one of which they think is damaged um, oh, geez. Okay. Or, or partially damaged. So they don't know how much information they're going to get. Um, but I do think that it's important to, instead of jumping to conclusions, the responsible thing, and the government did do this well, was to say, we need more information and we are going to support, um, like we, we need to, this, yeah, we need to repatriate bodies and we need to get this information before we can make a uh, statement on officially what happened. Um, as more information comes out, um, I am feeling increasingly angry at Boeing. Um, I, the more information I read, um, and again, I, don't, I, I, I can't go fully in yet, but when that time comes, know that I will be ready to go <laughs> fully in. Um, because instead of fixing, from what I understand, instead of fixing uh, a technical problem, which came out of, so they revised the guidelines after the Lion, Lion Air crash to essentially what it is, is the manual override of a technical problem. But the, the, what happens is that the technical, what the computer is telling the plane overrides what pilots manually can do. Um, it forces the plane to go into a nosedive, yes. basically. And, and even and what they think happened, and there's, there will be more information that comes out, um, but that the pilot, they know for sure that the pilot, pilot radioed back to get clearance to come back to Addis to land, um, and that they were approved for that, which just speaks to kind of the, um, the, like the ability and the experience that the, the captain, so the pilot did have, mm -hmm. because normally when that kind of stuff is happening, people don't, they don't have enough time because pilots are trying to just deal with the situation at hand. Um, so... Yeah, I, like to the to both of the pilots' credits, um, it sounds like they did absolutely everything that they could do for to try and avoid that. Um, and yeah, that if so, right now the U.S. Aviation um, Authority, the Ethiopian Authority, and then Boeing said they were going to send a technical team. But I have questions about if there's something legally potentially problematic there. Can you investigate yourselves? Um, like, I think they also just have to be there, though. Yeah. Like, I don't think... But so you don't much. think it's a conflict of interest? But at any... Like, if it was an Airbus flight, Airbus would also yeah. go. Okay. It's not just a Boeing thing. Like, any any maker of an aircraft... Yeah, it's going to want to... They would have to go and yeah. figure things out, too. Like, yes, should they be the ones in charge of, like, guarding the hen house? And maybe no. they won't be. I don't but know. But they, they do need to be there, too. Okay. Um, so... I'm trying not to have a lot of anger towards them, but it's hard when 
the, the, the problem in the system wasn't fixed. It was um, just guidance to pilots as to what to do as opposed to getting to the root of the problem. Um, I definitely think now though, and maybe this is connected to my a rising, because you know, I always like to bring it up to a rising, <laughs> is that people like China's grounded all of that model. Um, a couple of other countries have, and, and like everybody is watching. Um, I think this so, is the first time anyone knows what aircraft they're flying on. Yeah. Like people. <laughs> you know, and you're like, mm. no thanks. We have a mutual friend who knows, who makes a note of this every time she flies. Yeah. Like, which type of aircraft am I on? Yeah. I do not. Yeah, yeah. I like many people. There are some who do. Also, this has kind of been interesting on Twitter the aviation nerds. Yeah. Who are also coming out. out. Yeah. Which have, I really appreciate that. Like, there's aviation Twitter who's yeah. like, they've had their moment, <laughs> which, is, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think now for the first time in a really long time, people are going to be like, okay, what aircraft am I on? Where, what aircraft I actually am I on? probably think that this will be the safest time to fly in Africa uh, for a while. And I'm not saying it's not safe generally. Why just Africa, though? Like, why not generally safe to fly? Well, I would say it, in terms of uh, people looking this direction, um, but I also think in terms of, like, all of that model... Like, I would feel safer, I think, flying within the continent because people are looking, um, like, I, I assume there will be such a strong pressure around whether it's fair or unfair around, like, safety checks and multiple safety checks. And they're doing it already. Yeah. But because people want a sense of, like, and maybe that communication will happen differently. I don't know. Um, but people are aware if yeah. that makes sense. Whereas I don't think people have been as aware previously. Um, or like people, like, actually, you're right. Not just Africa. But I think I would feel safer in Africa because the, I know the conversation's happening here. And I don't know how much of this conversation is happening globally. Well, I mean, if China granted their flights, yeah, it's definitely having a global conversation. I mean, it's New York Times led with a boat. Their headline was more about Boeing than Ethiopian Airlines. Yeah. Which considering, as it should be. No, but considering it's in a, U, a U.S. publication, yeah. it could have easily gone the other way. And so to your point about Boeing, I mean, for me, like if it comes out that corporate greed is the reason that this is the <laughs> reason and Lion Air, that's the reason too. I mean, that is just the most, well, not the most, but one of the most unconscionable things. Like, because if you read the New York Times article that was published after Lion Air, yeah. what you see is that Boeing effectively lobbied the FAA to basically say, pilots don't have to be retrained on this safety feature. It was literally a feature that was unannounced. Pilots yes. didn't know yeah, yeah, yeah. that it was there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Like, For anybody. If, there's, <laughs> if there's a new thing on Salesforce, I have to know yeah. at work. Yeah. <laughs> and Salesforce doesn't kill nobody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it kills my time and my joy, but, <laughs> but it doesn't kill nobody. But it doesn't yeah. kill people. Like, if there's a new feature on Slack, yeah, yeah. I'm told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean to tell me there's a new feature on an airplane yeah. and pilots don't get an email about that at the very least? Yeah. Are you crazy? Like, and this is the thing, like, and again, and granted, the New York Times article with Lion Air is very grim because that's basically the picture that they paint. Yeah. That Boeing has undue influence at FAA mm -hmm. and apparently like FAA then had undue influence on European like equipment counterparts, which means that European pilots weren't trained or alerted. I'm like, this isn't, to me, this is not rocket science. Okay, I, I'm, I admit, I, I'm not a pilot. I'm not in the aviation sector. But from a common sense perspective, yeah. it seems to me if there is a new feature, people should be alerted. 
even from like a business, like if you're just looking yeah. at strictly from a business perspective, why would you want like your not your user base to understand how to use your product? Yeah, and like it's just like you have and the ethics involved, right? Like it's yeah, it's just how do you live with yourself if the, that well, is what it comes? I out? think some of these people live with themselves just fine because it's shareholders and what have you. And I'm telling you, like we have about three to five years, but the poor will eat the rich. It's coming. Like no, noted. Just. You know, so be careful how rich you want to get in the next few years. Like, don't get too, too rich because you might get eaten too. But, you know, this is the type of thing that we rail against in terms of corporate greed, et cetera. And this is just if this is what is really happened here. Because we don't know yet. Because we don't know yet. But again, that New York Times article paints a very grim picture about lobbying and corporate ties. If I remember correctly, the Secretary of Defense has a tie to Boeing somehow. Who doesn't have a tie to Boeing? Yeah, like... But I guess it's also different, like when you it, when you are in public office. Exactly, like, that's, that's different. It. Like people might have shares, but yeah. they're not the ones making decisions. Granted, yeah. maybe defense doesn't make decisions with the FAA, but maybe they can order aircraft. I don't know. Maybe they do more Lockheed Martin. I won't lie. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about this. But the point is, you can't. There should be some sort of line. The FAA is an authority. Like you, you yeah. can't just like the FDA. You, exactly. Like you should not be able to have undue influence. Like if pilots need to be retrained, like is that really the end of the world? Is it though? Like there's so much like cutting corners to cut costs is just it's sorry, I'm getting like I'm hitting the thing and I'm not supposed to because of mics, but I have emotion now. But it's just this is really the kind of thing that grinds my gears and always has. Like I just the lack of integrity and yeah. the different ways in which lack of yep. integrity is expressed, whether it's in politics, whether it's in corporate mm-hmm. world, whatever. It's just greed is killing people. Literally. And maybe it's not, it's too soon for Boeing. Who knows? I think Lion Air, if I remember correctly, did not have as good of a record safety wise as Ethiopian from like one article that I read, but I have to check that myself. Um, do you know if so, they found the black boxes for Lion Air? I, I don't remember okay. that much. But what I do remember is that, or what I have read is that Boeing basically said pilot error for Lion Air or put it more on the airline. And that is a little harder to do with Ethiopian Airlines case. And any time... also you, six minutes out. Apparently to... I don't know if it's never... No, I think since the last time it was the 50s where a new aircraft, two aircraft, have, um, within such a short period of time, yeah. have crashed. It's effectively unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. it's like lightning strike or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's Whatever that equivalent of rare is, it's rare. Um, I really hope it's not a lesson that was paid for by, mm. like, 150-plus families. Mm-hmm. Um, and their communities and, communities and their loved ones. And colleagues yep. and, and what have you. So we'll wait and see. But again, let's, yeah. Also, like, Ethiopia has too much pride. (laughs) Like, I know my people, we're very quiet, but we're not quiet when it comes to certain things. And I feel like... Like taking back your artifacts. Well, or our hair, actually. Did you hear that? The British Museum or one of the museums there is giving back uh, Emperor Teodros' hair. Why did they get it in the first place? I don't know. It's like, really, locks of hair? Like, I understand gold. I don't approve, but I get it. The hair, seriously. Anyway, okay, let's not. We're insert Killmonger here. Yeah, I just let's not. Wakanda forever. This, not the point of this exercise. <laughs> um, yeah. So let us hope and pray it is not corporate malfeasance. Because you will um, hear from us. And 
Yeah, it's just, and of course, like also if Ethiopian Airlines should have done something, then they should have done something. For sure. Like I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, it's this big bad American company that's only no, to no, blame. No, no, like no. no, if if Ethiopian knew that there was a potential issue and they didn't do anything, and they about didn't it. do anything, yeah, that's whether, also a problem. Then that's also a problem. You know, whether it's they should have told, like, sent their own email, being like, by the way, this yeah, will happen yeah. in Indonesia. We now have this. Yeah. Keep this in mind. Whatever. I, again, I'm not an expert. So yes, like everyone has a role to play here. Um, but Boeing really has a role to play here. Um, so we'll see. Oh, girl. Do you know I also want to thank really quickly? Sure, go for it. Because I don't think I get enough praise. Oh. The Red Cross. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> no, just in the context of like, I'm thinking of like these last two major tragedies. So both Riverside and ET 302. It's like often the Red Cross who are the first responders or who are the people who have to like take people's bodies out or who have to identify people's bodies or take them to the more like there. It's a thing. It's such an important job that I think often goes unnoticed. So to all the first responders, um, whether you're a Red Cross or otherwise, um, thank you for doing what you do because there can still be dignity in really, really difficult and trying times. Okay, that's me still rising. No, 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 it's just, I hear you on that. I receive that and I agree with that. But I'm so I'm glad that you continued <laughs> after Red Cross because I'm like, yes. Because Red Cross has also been irresponsible yes. in a lot of other places. I and hear so, you. Like we know about Haiti. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. about a lot of other places. So CRC. there are a lot of large organizations mm -hmm. that could be doing a little bit better. But yep. yes, for the folks who are on the ground who are doing that work and sifting through our, you know, people's clothing and sneakers and body identification and body parts and yes, a hundred percent. Yes, that cannot be easy. Um, kind of being the gatekeepers to to not pleasant thoughts. Um, I don't know if you read that article about the Facebook um, content. The, what is it called? Can, the content, the sifting. I can do you one better. I can't, what, is, what is that word? I watched the documentary. Exactly. There you go. So Which is also terrifying, but we'll save that for another yeah, episode. Not. Has anyone watched, have you watched Abducted in Plain Sight? No, because I can't watch these things, Addie. Ooh, okay. That gives me... Listeners. I'm... It, Listeners. I'm scared of the world is in general. Well, not scared, but a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little bit on eggshells these days. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. I can't watch this. Me as well. So I, there's so many people were talking about it, and I thought like, oh, because it's really engaging. No, 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 no. Yes, it's partially engaging, but it's literally every five minutes, it's a hold my beer moment. Like, oh, this is crazy. Hold my beer. This is crazy. Hold my beer. This is ridiculous. Hold my beer. It, I just, I'm shocked. I'm in shock. I'm in shock. So listeners, please, like, I need someone else. I'm not saying watch it. Can you give an example without giving away a no, plot? No, I cannot. No? Okay. I absolutely cannot. It's everything just, is a plot twist. Everything is absolutely ludicrous. And I'm not telling listeners to watch it because I don't want to put that evil on you. But what I'm saying <laughs> is if you already have watched it, please tweet at us so that I have somebody to talk about this with because I've already, like, I've already, ex what's the word? Exactly. Expelled the demons? No, no. What's the word? I've surpassed my small network of friends who have already watched yeah. it, and I need more people. There's only like two other people who've watched it, and actually one person stopped halfway through because they're like, "This is a, like this is ridiculous. Like, what is this? What?" And actually, Did, watching does it make you feel scared? No, it's not a scary thing. It's just you can't believe someone is that good of a manipulator. 
Oh, I can't watch it. No, no, no. Mm-mm. No, you're not in the right place for that. No. No. I don't know if I... I can't watch Goosebumps. There's no way I can watch this. I was a scared... There was a TV show growing up called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, I can't actually, watch that. That legitimately I was afraid of. <laughs> and I'm to- I'm okay to say that. Safe space. Or even if it's not a safe space, you can tweet at me if you want to. But it was scary. That's fine. Thank there you. was also Unsolved Mysteries. Girl, that used to be no. in the US. Uh-uh. Oh my goodness, I cannot watch And those were show. real, right? I think so. Oh. I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is real. I'm not really into true crime. That's not my... I've never watched any of the American true crime stories. I've never watched a lot of... I mean, Serial, I did listen to. Yeah. So, but that's... That is, I guess, true crime, but not like a traditional sense of as, true crime brand. It's also brand. not as salacious or it's not gory. It's yeah. Not, it was more like a courtroom procedure. Yeah, like the justice yeah. hearings. Yeah, so or I, like, I've watched Law & Order. Dun, dun, like, I me know too. That. I used to fall asleep to Law & Order SVU, yeah. but that stuff doesn't mess me up. It's the like... Some of it is, though, a little... Whew. Some of those early plot lines, I was like, good God, that's a lot. <laughs> But anyhow, not the point of this. I get it. Sorry, I'm like, there's a lot happening. It's okay. Guys. There's a lot going on. People, it's just been a rough two months. Yes, it's just this. The way this person has has manipulated a whole family is unlike anything I've ever heard of before. Um, and yeah, again, it's just the human condition. Just the kinds of people that are out there. I don't know. There's also like the Ted Bundy tapes. There's a lot to choose from if you want to get into that rabbit hole. Netflix got you. Like, there's a lot. <laughs> there's so much. I haven't. I haven't. The only reason I watched Abducted in Plain Sight was because. Um, I saw so many people posting about it. So I thought, oh, okay, like, you know, because a lot of people were talking about Black Earth Rising, so... Yeah, which I watched. Good, no? Yeah. We Although I have... There, you know, I have commentary, but we can save that for another episode. No, why not? We should even it out, because we talked about gloom and doom for most of this episode. <laughs> Although I guess Black Earth Rising is a little bit... That's what I was going to say. My comments were going to be gloom and doomy. Oh, well, it's whatever. It's fine. We're here now. Just <laughs> bring this it on. This is a sad episode. <laughs> no, actually, we've had sadder. Really? I feel like we have. We've had more like Honestly, I'm really trying like maybe I'm just trying to survive. Our heartbreak episode was sad. Not like in a global sadness, but a personal sadness. Did, we, was, did either was, of us cry? Not on the outside. I think internally maybe we shed a tear. Okay. How I cry? I've cried. You've definitely cried. I've yeah, cried. yeah, yeah. I cried when I read the letter to myself. Yeah, and I think when we did the explanation of why last year was so hard for both of us. Did I cry? Maybe I blocked that out. You know, for someone okay. who has a reputation of being like... You do have feelings. Steel. I have a lot of feelings, guys. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> okay, Black Earth Rising. Yes, please. Let's go. I don't remember why I started watching it, but I was like looking for something new on Netflix. Because I really... one of your group chats told you to, and I'm a member of that group chat, which is how I know. Somebody added me to a group chat today, and I was like, no, I was trying to get out of these. <laughs> um, Delete. Yeah, so I started watching Black Earth Rising, which is actually primarily to support Michaela Cole. Yes. Who yes. is... Chewing gum. Yeah, wrote Chewing Gum, I think produced... Like, she was all over Chewing Gum. She was also the main character. Um, anyways, she's amazing. Yes, she But is. in Chewing Gum, her character is... Tracy. Be- Tracy, who's... It's comedic, right? Very. It's zany as... Awkward. Ooh, uncomfortable. Like, but you're just like... So good. Ugh. Like, lemon moment. Um... But in Black Earth Rising, she plays the main character, and it's very serious. So it's about the uh, kind of like an it's it's about the Rwandan genocide, but not actually like yeah. it's another plot line, effectively without giving too much away. It's about the aftermath more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and um, geopolitics. Yeah different parties and their interests. And unclear if that story is in any way based on a true story. I have no idea. Oh, or maybe it's like multiple know. stories that people have brought together. But like, for example, I was looking up in the actual, so they say it's Rwanda, 
but the flag is not the Rwandan exactly. flag. Like there's all these. That. I don't think they were. Yeah. To. yeah. I was also thinking, I was like, did you guys consult with the Rwandan government before you made uh, this? The BBC is banned in Rwanda. I don't think so. Noted. Interesting. You didn't know that. They got kicked out. When? Oh God. Two years ago? Something they're not like... back. No, you're if right. They're, if they're back, I don't know. Okay. But I know they were kicked out. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I doubt consultation happened is, yeah. is the point of that story. <laughs> I just, I also, I guess what I'm uncomfortable with, so I, I really enjoyed it overall. Mm. Enjoy is not the right word. I found it intellectually stimulating is oh. the right way to say it. Oh. What I found really difficult is like the acting was really, really good. My bet would be that that wasn't directed by an African cast. Or sorry, that the director wasn't, wasn't African. I don't know. I haven't looked that up. He but isn't. Yes. He's Hugo Blick. He's done like a bunch of other like similar really good stories. I just He's found... actually the lawyer. He's in the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. The one, I don't think this is going to, there's a scene with a car and a garage. Yes, yes, yes. I know you're talking about. That yeah, lawyer, yeah. Okay. that's him. Okay. I just felt there was a little bit, better than before, but kind of some like white savior moments that weren't actually being called out. Oh, okay. And so, like, that made me uncomfortable, or, like, all the bad guys are black guys. Who were the white saviors? Uh, some of the, like, in, like, the main lawyer without giving away... Ted, is Ted Danson? Is that his name? No, who's the... the... Ah, John Goodman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Whoa, girl. I, I don't know these things. You know, bad. I don't... That's bad. <laughs> Even for you, girl. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> Cheers and Roseanne. Yes. Totally okay. different shows. <laughs> You don't think they look similar at all? No! Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Listeners, please write in and tweet at us. Don't think bother, because any... I know it's not true. There's not going to be one person to be like, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> what, look like, you know what look like brothers? Ted Danson and John Goodman. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. So, wait, it was John Goodman? Yes. Yeah, okay, so John Goodman. Oh, no, 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 yeah, Ted Danson, not at all. Ted Danson has salt and pepper hair, right? Now he does, yes. But when he was oh, Sam no, no, yeah, Malone... When he was Sam Malone on Cheers, he had this, like, thick brunette. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Definitely not right person. See? Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad you rectified on yourself, by yourself. So, yeah. So, he comes off with some kind of a white savior complex. It makes me uncomfortable that, that, like, Mm. there's not that much humanity or nuance in the warlords, which I think there could be more of. Mm. Um, I like that. I really appreciate that Michaela Cole, as a young black woman, is... Uh, centered in the show yeah. and that the narrative is from like she controls so much of the narrative I mm-hmm. really appreciate that um, so I think we're getting better in terms of how we tell stories but yeah. there was definitely moments that I was like that was not directed by an African and I could like just the way that this yeah, like the interaction tell. and I just want more nuance you didn't think there was nuance with the with the advisor character about the what? Rwandan advisor yeah why he did what he did no you don't think so? No, because I, I, without giving that away, that's, that's, we've seen that before. That's predictable. Hmm. Okay. What I want more nuance of is like, I want Nyasha nuance. So. What? Nyasha. Oh, okay. Who we, who in our last, last episode, episode, um, the way that she talks about the various characters in her story who are like real people Mm. there's so much detail and I think that's maybe what now I'm leaning more to or like what I have a desire for in the media that I'm consuming yeah but I also get that like this is supposed to be a harrowing kind of I don't feel good not well yeah I guess at the end like harrowing feel-good story where justice is served and it's for a Netflix audience so not everybody's asking 
people are going to be watching it for different reasons. Yeah. But what my concern is, is like, if this is still a few people's access to like what Africa means, I'm doing quotes, quotes. quotes. um, or what Rwanda is or Mm. what like so on and so on, it makes me a little bit concerned. Yeah, I hear that. I'm, I would be hard-pressed to come up with a movie, Hollywood or otherwise. And, and I'm sure Rwandan or Rwandese. The accents were better than previous movies, so I'll give them that. Oh, God. That is really a long walk to freedom. <laughs> African accents That's in movies. That's how you know we will have made it, is when, like, the accents are legit. Oh, I feel it's like the same professor at Yale School of Drama who's doing all the accents. And, like, this is Malawi, and this is Nigeria. And, like, one is just deeper than the other. <laughs> or, like, something ridiculous, you know? There's a gap in the market there. Well, it's not going to be me because I don't know how to do it. But someone else with the skills, please do your best. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember what that was. Ah, yes. So I can't think of a a movie outside of... Yeah, the two biggest productions that have Rwanda in it are Hotel Rwanda and Black Earth Rising. Yeah. And that's why I would start my preface to this was I'm sure there are Rwandan... Is it Rwandan or Rwandese? I've heard both. For what? Filmmaker. Like the, the... like when you call someone from Rwanda. I think Rwanda. it's Rwandese. That's what I thought. Yeah, because okay. you refer to people as Rwandese. That's what I thought. So yeah. so Rwandese filmmakers, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. There's many. There are many films that have happened. They're at the Zanzibar Film Festival. I just haven't caught them. But yes, the two big ones are genocide-centered. And it would just be nice to have, like, a romantic comedy. Yeah. Or, like, a drama. And I get it, though. Or like not negating that it didn't happen. Exactly. But not but having that be necessarily exactly. the focal. It's like the slave. And I'm, I'm making parallels. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but making parallels with, like, yeah. Why does it always have to be like the black mammy story mm. or the cotton field? Yeah. I for black you. Americans. Um, Which is changing because people is. are demanding that, and, and African American directors are producing yeah. films that are now getting viewed at a global stage, yeah. as well as African directors. So I think that will change. Like Jordan Peele might actually make me watch a horror movie. Uh-uh. No, never. Not even Jordan Peele can give me two. I think I might actually watch us. But I need somebody to watch it first and be like, these are the minutes, like when someone Mm. jumps out. (laughs) I would just be doing this, like having my eyes covered and be like, okay, well, I guess I'm here for two hours with my eyes covered. Yeah. So I think there's also a lot of, you know, folks like Regina King, who for the U.S. context that have literally, they're breaking down the door and they're like bringing so many people with them, which has changed. Winuri is a great example of that. Yeah. Here in Kenya. Yep. Um, so yes. Okay. Interesting. I also had another question about, I, and I'm, this is something that I'm thinking through that I don't have the answer yet. Sure. So like, I don't it's know if I'll have it, but I'll very talk. clear to me, um, that it's problematic for, uh, like for example, white actors to play Hispanic, uh, characters or yes. white actors to play black characters. Like we're definitely not, Yeah. that definitely should not happen. What I'm struggling with, mm. um, and I think this will change as the kind of this more and more content is being made. But like, so Michaela Cole, who I think does a great job in this, mm. is clearly not, not Rwandese, even though that's what she uh-huh, says uh-huh, in the, uh-huh. yes, in the yes. show. Uh-huh. And so she's, my understanding is Ghanaian British or yes. Br- British, but of Ghanaian ancestry. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's everything from like, uh, like, phenotypical features to her accent to her intonation to and like she's done a great job in trying to like uh really embody that character well i don't think the accent matters though because she's just a british person like her accent is a like she grew up in england 
fine. There's but there's yeah. other characters that I would also use, maybe not just her, but other characters. Yeah. So the advisor guy. Aha, uh-huh. yes, he's yes. Tanzanian uh-huh. in real life, but yeah. he's playing a Rwandese character. Oh, it's kind of close. I'm just saying it's not as bad but, as it could be. But <laughs> I know, but I guess what I'm saying is like it there's it's a question that's coming up for me around like yeah. is that cultural appropriation? Or like could you not find Rwandese actors yeah. to like And I don't know the Or anti- maybe they're not they didn't feel comfortable being in that production considering yeah. what the whole like if you see the show, you'll know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah there's quite possible that because of this, the subject matter and the way the subject matter is presented and mm-hmm. the kind of quote-unquote twist at the end, that perhaps certain Rwandese actors would not want to be associated with it. Which is fair. Yeah. But I can also think of a many other movies where like, it will be African-Americans playing... Yeah, like Will African- Smith playing yeah. the Nigerian doctor in, yeah, yeah, the, con- yeah. in the concussion movie. Um, the same was said for... Who was supposed to do the Winnie Mandela movie? Wasn't that, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Hudson. Okay. I don't remember. But I'm just... Dude, Terrence Howard played Mandela. Oh, yes. That's how, where you're like, fam. How does that make... And Terrence? Bless you. I, I think you we were like great you. in yeah. Hustle and Flow. <laughs> I have no issues with you whatsoever. I think Lucius Lyon is a great character. You're basically playing yourself. But, no. <laughs> I guess my question, and you don't have to answer that, and my question to the listeners is... Is it so? It's very clear when it's cultural appropriation. When it's a cr- like, yeah. Is it? It makes me feel like it is a cultural appropriation when it's amongst. So, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. I don't want to interrupt you. So I was gonna say it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. If we have, uh, let's say, Lupita. Yeah. This is actually a very good example. Mm. Playing um, a main character or any character that's set in a. Ghanaian context. Yeah. And I'm struggling with what are the boundaries around that? Because I also think like act, acting and like freedom of expression and um, really embodying characters. Sure. But there's also like not at the expense or at the acknowledgement of that you tried to find people who could do that from their own context. Yeah. So what I will say is I don't know if cultural appropriation is the right term for what this is happening, I would say the issue here is miscasting or the wrong casting or not quote unquote thoughtful casting. Because cultural appropriation is is not is more about either a tradition or a lifestyle or an outfit or a dress that one culture is taking as its own without giving proper credit. This is not quite happening here. I think the the right or the more correct term for what you're describing here is just miscasting. Like you are putting Rwandese or Ghanaian people as Rwandese. You're putting Tanzanians as Rwandese. You're putting South Africans as Rwandese. You're putting South Africans as pretty much everyone because they have a pretty good you know, film sector. So I don't agree with the term cultural appropriation for what's happening here. But I do think what is happening here is a, is a mistake. Like I, or not a mistake, but it's a misuse of resources or a misuse of whatever. And granted, like, I don't know about the film sector as well. Maybe we should have Renuri on for like part two to like talk about these things. But yeah, come on our show Um, again. (laughs) But I think, yes, it helps with the Africa is not a country. Mm -hmm. If you allow people from their own countries to be a part of telling those stories. So I I would prefer, yes, that a Ghanaian plays a Ghanaian Mm -hmm. or Rwandese plays Rwandese. But I don't know if I'm also, 
it's not the hill I'm going to die on, but that is a preference. <laughs> like, it's not your cross. Yeah, exactly. Like, I get it, and I see why people would be upset. And if there are people who looked at that production and was like, yo, I've been in, I was at Juilliard, like, I've been trained, or I'm a Yale School of Drama well, alum. You're still out here with that crappy accent, you but know, anyways, that's neither Whatever. No, 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 but like an African who is saying yeah, these yeah, things yeah. and like seeing this role and being like, I could have done this, and that's, then yeah, that's obviously an issue. Um, but again, like if you're famous, it's easier to get famous or if you're famous, yeah. it's easier to get. So I'm not sure like where the agency lies in this. Um, I'm going to do more research on this. Yeah. After having just heard what you said, I actually think that the, I'm going to stick mm. by this for now and I might change my mind later on after sure. I've done more research. I think it is cultural appropriation and I think miscasting is the conduit to that cultural appropriation. Hmm. I'm going to do more reading on this. Okay. And I would love to hear from the listeners because I'm actually not 100% yeah. certain. Not, I, I'm just thinking like how, how, one, how do we name what is happening correctly? Because yeah. I think there's agency in naming and being able to identify. And then two, what is it that we, how do we hold ourselves accountable? Yeah. Y'all yeah. should watch Black Earth Rising though. It is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, shout out Michaela. I think you did a brilliant job. Are there? Oh, there's also Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which is I on Netflix. I watched that. It's on my. It's thing. on Netflix now, directed by an African or yes. African of British, African, Nigerian, I, British. This is without giving too much away the story of Malawi. The, yeah, the wind a turbine kid in Malawi who invents a wind turbine. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. That is literally that like, is that <laughs> that's is, on the front of the box. That's like yeah, it's there's a book too, so you should have gotten and it's that based book. on a true story. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's also a film by Genevieve. I can't remember her last name. Lionheart. It's yes. the first original Nigerian, right? Nigerian production. I believe it might have been the first original Netflix from Africa production. Which was the name of the book that one of the professors who was oh killed God. in the plane wrote. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking at that. I know, I know, yeah. Uh, the Carlton Professor. P.S. What's his last name? God, this is bad. I can't remember his last name. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, so yes, yeah, Africa, yo, Netflix and is I, buying and everything. Yeah, Netflix, what I will say for all you young and not so young content creators is Netflix is looking for a lot of original African continent. To buy it up. Yeah. So name your price. Name well. Don't be shy. Yeah, and then cast people who should be from those places. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that, but you know what I'm thinking. I just finished her sentence because she was looking at me. <laughs> So that's basically what Namusa said. <laughs> I'm just the conduit. But I also don't know enough about like the industry as a whole, right? I, is, I My assumption is that there actually are really great... And I'm only taking this based on my experience with how Winuri casts, mm. um, which, I, which I think is... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say we should tell the remind the listeners who Winuri is, I think, just in case they oh, didn't. That Winuri. was episode five. That was the, a long time the ago. The one and only Winuri who's really changing and taking on the world. Um, Rafiki Nuri, is her friend, or Rafiki is her, her friend. Rafiki is her film. Rafiki, Rafiki also means, means friend, friend in Swahili. A lot of um, yeah. So and Rafiki made it to Cannes this year. It did. Um, African, not African. That was her hashtag. I can take credit for it. Okay, thank you. But never mind. But, but why this is important is in all of the films that I have seen Winery produce, um, she has been very good at casting. Uh, character or actors or actresses who fit very like mm. it, there's some level of authenticity whether that's around identity whether yeah. that's around accent whether that's around age whether that like you really believe that mm. this is the story of that actor or actress yeah because oftentimes it is 
not always, but oftentimes it is. But also Kenya is a bigger market for film than a lot of other markets. Do you have an issue with black British actors playing either black Canadians or black Americans and like changing their accent? And Can you give me an example? So in Get Out, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, I didn't see that because it's too scary for me, but... It's actually not as bad, but I, I do not change your opinion. I'm okay. not going to change your opinion, but I have watched it, and I don't like scary okay. movies, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a boo, okay. like scream yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know who you're talking about. So he's about. a Ugandan-British guy, or yeah. British-Ugandan, however you so want to So his accent it. is... So he's American. He's a black African-American in that film. Yeah. Um, so would you... And there's been Kaplan Idris Elba, right? Stringer yeah, yeah, Bell yeah. in The Wire. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's Sierra Leone and Ghanaian, half Ghanaian, half Sierra Leonean, I think, are his All parents. DJ. He oh, just came out with a banger. And all fine as hell. But anyway. So. I don't feel that way, but anyways. You and I don't align. When Which is great. Well, yeah, We're never going to have the same problem. Exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> but he's Like, when people was named him Sexiest Man Alive last year, I'm like, you remember the song, You're So 2000 and Late? Or yeah. like, that was the lyric yeah, in that yeah. Black Eyed Peas song? That was the literal definition of I agree. So I will, I will, I will agree with that. Like, seriously? Fan, like, how, okay, that's not, not the point of this. So, he played a black American. Yeah. You know, this guy in Baltimore. He's a British guy. So do, would you say the same applies? Like, would you have an issue with a black Britain actor mm-hmm. playing um, a black American role or black Canadian and just turning off or switching the accent? So if I'm going to stick with the same question around why I think it's cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. then I would say, yes, I have a problem. Okay. Namusa the academic has a problem, or the theorist has a problem. Okay. Namusa consuming content, maybe not so much. Interesting. But I don't have a firm position. Hmm. I, like, I know where, like, I'm leaning to, mm-hmm. um, but I'd love to hear from other people around, yeah. like, from our listeners, from you in a future episode, from, like, filmmakers, from actors and actresses themselves, like, what feels right, what feels appropriate. Yeah. Because it's also ultimately not on me to decide, but I do know when, like, there's some stuff that I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because in the Daniel Kaluuya case, and I don't know if I'm saying his name incorrectly, but he's of African descent. Yes. And in the UK. So you would argue that that's twice over cultural appropriation because he's not a quote-unquote black Britain without African roots, like, that are more removed. Like, his parents are from Uganda. So it's like two levels of quote-unquote appropriation. He's now a black American and he's like he's now in the different in a different country and with a different like historical like immigrant background or lack thereof mm. like 400 years removed I mean because mm, no, for for me it's about it so to you it doesn't matter whether you're a first generation black person or your mama just like flew in like 20 years ago and had you it matters so it, it's important for context, but it matters less mm. than um, the what feels like. I, so for me, it's really around like the accents. Okay. And and like or the accents to me come up as like the kind of the immediate indicator of like, ooh, this makes me uncomfortable, because often they're so bad, even if it is with people who have good intentions. Yeah. Um, Even like Lupita's South African accent. Not good, fam. Uh, Lupita, not we good. still want you on the no, show. Lu- obviously, I had a whole, like, my Facebook was dedicated to you for like a good year. So just, I mean, we also, forget. like, we're fellow Yale alumni. Just, say, you know, just so. We also met once at a concert in Central State or Central Park. Cent- she remembers. Yeah, that's fine. 
Um, but yeah, like just in the way of, <laughs> let, let me, I'm going to come back on this. Okay. And I would love to hear what people think about, can black people culturally appropriate other black people stuff in the, in this context of acting and film? I think black people can definitely culturally appropriate well, other people's about stuff. Beyonce in South Africa. Right. But again, I also disagree with the term cultural appropriation to be used in this case. I think this is miscasting. Okay. But I see what you're saying. But so I think write culture- to us about miscasting and or cultural appropriation. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Or both. Maybe you break it down differently than us. Um, and you can reach us at Ask are, are Africana. We, oh, yeah. Ask Africana. <laughs> Uh, at, sorry, I didn't realize the alley oop was to me. I was not ready for that layup. Uh, I'm like out here staring into the middle distance, like longingly, and she's like, "Whoop, okay, back to center." Uh, yes, a s k a f r a c a n a h at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you or tweet. Find us on the interwebs. Tweet at us at Africana, and on Facebook, Africana Podcast. You know how to find us. We want to hear from you. Tell us about miscasting and cultural appropriation. <laughs> So that I can form my opinions. Cool. Proverb of the week? Yeah. Week, week, week. Not like my arms because I'm working out three times a week. Uh, I feel like I've said this before. Go for it. Sometimes you need a word twice. <laughs> or three times. Thrice. Um, the proverb of the week, 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 week. Not like the moose's arms because she is doing self-care for Lent. Is... No, I'm working out generally. Yeah, but also for, you're doing self-care for Lent. Okay, but now my arms aren't weak anymore. Oh, even, like at all? Even going into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're strong. Yeah, I did like 50 push-ups the other day. Look at you. Girl. Can so you, you know, do I'm, planks? Yeah, I can plank for a long time. Dude. And I'm I, coming for the pull-up bar. Just wait. I can plank for maybe 50 seconds before I lose it altogether. My upper, my strength is in my legs. Not... I, I know I know my core competencies. Upper body strength isn't it. CV uh, exactly. profile legs relevant skills upper all legs. Um, no legs there. So this is also true. I am, LinkedIn. I'm also very tall. So <laughs> and elegant and elegant and graceful like a giraffe, which is my favorite animal. Which is why. But not comparing yourself to animals. Right, because that's not it. Mm. Oh, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Before we go into the proverb of the week. Yeah, you don't have any bank accounts with them, do they? You know when you're like, whoa. Uh, actually, I... Yeah. yeah, no, okay. I'm not going to talk about that one. <laughs> I just did like, I was like, there's some new work situations she, she, that like, I cannot be out here. She did a mental audit that I saw <laughs> happen in real time. I was like, you sure you want to talk about that? Like, nope. Okay. All right. Okay. So we, what, what, what I will say is I don't think it's a great idea for anybody anywhere to ever compare animals to people, specifically not women. Yes. That, that's what I will say. Okay. Fair. Take that as a word. Check. Noted. The Africana proverb of the week, 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 which is the opposite of Numus's arms because she's been working out so long, would be granular gratitude. Tell me more. So this is a concept that literally this was a, um, what's the word? Like a light bulb moment, moment from like a, like a download from God that just mm-hmm. like plopped into my head. I don't even know if that's the right verb, but I'm going to go with it because it's really late and I can't think. Uh, which is just, and this, is hap- this happened during my family vacation last year where as a result of all the traveling that we did and just all the experiences that we had together as a family unit, which were hilarious, and my parents, if you ever meet them, are just like the cutest, most hilarious people you'll ever meet. Um, and learning, yeah, learning to be grateful for every little thing. 
Um, this might echo a bit of the last episode, but alas, here we are again with a major tragedy, so it applies. Um, granular gratitude, being grateful for every single little thing. Um, yeah. I like actually, that we woke up this morning. I do remember this, actually. I do remember mentioning this because I talked about how being grateful for Zuku, even though they steal our joy. So I forgive me if this is a bit of a repeat. I don't remember if that was the actual proverb last time, but this is, uh, I yeah, just in light of everything that's happened and in the last week and then or last few weeks and then also last few months more generally, that is the first immediate thing. Um, and I, it's sometimes it isn't easy to be grateful for things if you're focusing on the lack. Um, and sometimes, yeah, like you can sit in your feelings and like be upset. That's cool. Um, but. I think the best way to get yourself out of that is to focus on what you can do um, and what you do have. And so I am very grateful. Um, what yeah. are you grateful for? I was going to say, what are you grateful for? Give me one. Ooh, girl. I'll just say life, period. Okay. It's easy. I think it encompasses everything. So, yeah, that's it for me. You can ask me what I'm grateful for. The floor is yours. Because I'm telling you anyways. <laughs> if you want to, go for it. Um, I am grateful for FaceTime. Okay. Because that facilitates um, my not feeling as far away from my family as I physically am. And those, I'm grateful not just for FaceTime, for those conversations with my FaceTime, with my family on FaceTime. Mm. And even more specifically, because we're getting granular in this gratitude, mm. is when the four of us are on the same call, mm. so my immediate family, and Obviously, nobody's looking directly into the phone. It's always like somewhere else. And somebody makes a joke and the four of us laugh until we cry. That's um, that is what I'm grateful for. Amen. And with that, how do listeners find us, Namusa? Um, so if you weren't listening earlier, what? Positive Good God. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Were you though? Um, There's no such thing as a joke. We've been over this. 50% of every joke is the truth. Yep. Um, That's my no, we would, we would actually love to hear from you. So please email it at us at ask africana a-s-k-a-f-r-a oh whoa c-a-n-a-h <laughs> sometimes my brain just does like and then it comes back at gmail.com or you can, you can find us on the interwebs at um africana on twitter and on the instagrams um or you can find us on facebook at africana podcast we'd love to hear from you um if you have any questions or if you want to talk about what we talked about this week. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and if not, we will be See back with time. you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.